This episode is in memory of Belinda Goodman. This podcast contains adult themes and content that some listeners may find distressing. Listener discretion is advised. As he pulled up to the house, Ronald realised that some of the curtains were closed and there didn't seem to be any activity in the house. He knocked on the door and waited, but there was no answer. He called the police and asked for their help, but in the meantime, decided that he would climb through an open window and try to see if the family were inside. He managed to squeeze his way through the window and into the downstairs floor of the property. As he made his way through the house, he could hear the hum of the fridge and the patter of his footsteps echo through the large downstairs hallway. But there was no familiar sound of the children playing or the bark of the dog. He made his way upstairs, slowly opened the door to one of the bedrooms, and what he found was chilling. This is Red Rum, a podcast focusing on the true victims of crime. Episode 5, Kelly, Ava and Lexi. Kelly Fitzgibbons was born in 1980 and shared every moment of her childhood with her twin sister, Emma. The two were incredibly close and their family unit was one of kindness and encouragement. Kelly and Emma grew up in the 80s, so when the two of them would arrive home from a tiring day of primary school, They'd spend the next hour or two dancing to their favourite songs by Culture Club, who are known for the hit song Karma Chameleon and Do You Really Want to Hurt Me. They'd share a trifle pot after school before heading down to spend the rest of the evening with their auntie Linda and their loving mum and dad who were extremely close to them. Kelly's childhood memories were happy ones, filled with moments like this that she shared with her sister and family. Their mum made them wear matching grey turtleneck dresses with knee-high socks and matching fringes with shoulder-length brown hair. Kelly's favourite photo from her childhood is one of the three of them standing on the stairs looking down, all wearing dresses showing off their knees with great big grins on their faces. By the time Kelly was 16, she left school and eventually qualified and earned a job as a legal secretary, working her way up firstly through a solicitor's firm and then landing a job at Blake Morgan Law Firm. She was a hard worker, ambitious and incredibly popular amongst the team due to her outgoing, kind and funny personality. She was known and recognised for her infectious laugh and innate positivity. She enjoyed spending the evenings with her friends and sister. And by the time Kelly was 25, she spent most weekends keeping up with her school friends, Hannah, Chrissy, Sarah, and sister Emma. Unfortunately, Kelly, Emma, and their dad, Barry, who was known by his friends as Baz, lost their beloved wife and mum after a fierce battle with blood cancer. 
The family were devastated to lose their hero, and the next few years were incredibly hard for the three of them. The close-knit family stuck together and became even closer with their aunt Linda, who became like a second mum to them. They vowed to spend the rest of their lives living for their mum and to make her proud. It was around this time, in late 2006, that Kelly met Robert Needham. Robert was born in November of 1977 to Maureen and Rex and by all accounts had a happy childhood. The family were close and for the early parts of Robert's life, they ran a village shop where they became a staple of the community. Robert got to know most people in the village and was a well-liked, popular young man. The family, later on, moved on to running a care home out of their house, caring for the elderly and those who were more vulnerable and needed the extra help. Robert worked hard through school and decided quite early on to learn the building trade so that he could eventually have his very own building business. Living in the small, close-knit village of Woodmancote, Robert and Kelly soon crossed paths and hit it off right away. They spent the next few years in each other's pockets, eventually moving in together and getting a Staffordshire Bull Terrier called Billy. During this time, Kelly and Emma's dad, Baz, had met a woman called Pamela, who he fell in love with. The girls took the opportunity to get to know Pamela and quickly became firm friends with her and their new stepsister, Cheryl. They spent countless holidays together lying in the sun with pictures of alcoholic cocktails, having some desperately needed quality family time. Family was incredibly important to Kelly and Emma, and they knew that the next step for them both was to become mothers and loving aunties to each other's children. That time came rather quickly for Emma, and it wasn't long before she gave birth to a little baby boy. Kelly proudly took on the role of auntie. She was serious about being a guardian figure, but also enjoyed the silly, fun side of being the one who could be there as a friend rather than a mum. That being said, Kelly was still desperate to become a mum herself, and in 2015, she and Robert discovered they were due to have a baby girl in the August of the same year. A warm summer's evening on the 25th of August saw Kelly give birth to a healthy baby girl who she and Robert decided to call Ava. Kelly took to motherhood like a duck to water and enjoyed nothing more than spending time as a family with Ava and Robert. During the first six months of motherhood, Kelly discovered a joy for taking Ava out in the pram for long walks. She would enjoy hours of walking round the mill pond at West Ashling, an area just seven minutes' drive from where she lived. She and Emma grew up there and it was their local haunt. It's an idyllic pond area surrounded by large leafy trees and bright green grass, perfect for the early summer evenings spent with Ava and Robert. A little over a year later, Kelly became pregnant with her second child. 
the cheeky, happy, funny Lexi, with her white blonde hair and big blue eyes, was born nine months later and Ava was thrilled to have a little sister to play with and look after. The first two years of Lexi's life were absolute bliss, learning life with her big sister and the both of them spending their days discovering the world and playing with their doting mum. Kelly had always wanted to be a mum and was constantly in awe of how fortunate she was to have two healthy, happy little girls. Kelly loved spoiling the little ones and, in summer 2018, treated them to go and see the stage show of Teletubbies Live. In October that same year, she, Robert and the girls went on a trip to Mallorca with the extended family. Kelly couldn't have been happier, but soon after, some of the happiest times of her and her family's life would slowly begin to crumble. Kelly was still working as a legal secretary and juggling work, motherhood and looking after the house was tiring. Robert's work life was also not going according to plan and the life he had pictured since becoming a father and starting his building business were proving more difficult than he'd anticipated. During this time, he also lost his father Rex to Alzheimer's and worried about his mother Maureen's well-being and ability to look after herself. He decided it would be best to move the family into her house to help look after her. The residence was a large, beautifully furnished house on Duffield Lane, not too far from the family's previous house, so the move wasn't too difficult. Once they arrived and settled in, Robert's business had started to come into some serious financial difficulties and wasn't achieving the success he thought it would be. Soon after, on the 29th of October 2019, the company was dissolved and Robert began taking freelance work wherever he could get it. The family were beginning to struggle financially, but Robert was sure that he could make enough money to keep them afloat if he was just able to get a bit of work. This led to the decision to buy a second home in nearby Waterlooville in Hampshire. He had decided to renovate the property with the hope he would earn back twice as much as he'd be investing in it. However, the project proved to be more difficult than Robert first thought, and this led the family into further financial difficulty, and they decided that the move to Maureen's house may have to become more permanent than first anticipated. Robert's mother Maureen adored her grandchildren and welcomed them with open arms to come and live permanently with her at the property. Following the permanent move, Robert wasn't able to gain a huge amount of freelance work and by early 2020, he wasn't making any money from his building work, so decided to begin to build an extension onto his mother's house. He planned to incorporate a sort of granny annex to the house so that they could essentially be split into two to cater to the family's needs and become a more stable home for all of them. Not long after the extension work had started, in February 2020, the coronavirus pandemic changed life as we knew it. 
The world felt the effects of the virus through a huge 8.5 million confirmed cases and deaths totaling 450,000 worldwide by June 2020. Each day that passed by forced another country into some form of daily shift or isolation, which aimed to stop the deadly virus from spreading. And it wasn't long before Prime Minister Boris Johnson advised that all vulnerable people should self-isolate for 12 weeks. This included a number of different types of people, including those with health conditions, those who were pregnant and the elderly with two youngsters in the house and the uncertainty of the next few months, Robert's mother Maureen decided that it would probably be best for her to head to her elderly relative's house so that they could isolate together. As Maureen left the house that Saturday morning, she hugged her grandchildren and waved them goodbye, promising to call them and that she would see them soon enough. By late March 2020, Boris Johnson announced that a strict lockdown would be in place in the UK and that people could only leave their house for four main reasons. Basic shopping, medical needs, essential travel to or from work, and for one form of exercise. During these early days of lockdown, many people, including Robert and Kelly, were worried about how the pandemic would affect their money as well as their health. That being said, the family tried their hardest to continue on with life as normally as possible and Robert realised he'd be able to spend more time on the extension. The daily exercise became the only reason that Kelly, Robert, Ava and Lexi would leave the house over the following week and Kelly began to encourage the girls to see the exercise as their daily outing. As the weather began to warm up, she told the girls that it would be their practice for when summer came around and things were back to normal. The 27th of March 2020 was a Friday. Kelly had decided to take Ava, Lexi and the dog Billy out on a walk through the countryside near their house. Robert decided that he would take a break from his building work to join the family on their daily lockdown walk. It was a sunny afternoon and Kelly had dressed the girls in leggings, cardigans and sandals. She gave each of them a pair of sunglasses and a mini bucket so that they could collect some flowers on the walk and bring them home. Robert put the lead on Billy and they made their way out, down the private country lane and towards the countryside field surrounding their home. Early the next morning, Kelly's auntie Linda texted Kelly to ask what she was doing for the weekend. Linda found it odd when she didn't receive a reply, and after a few more texts that evening, she went to sleep certain she'd wake up the next day to a call from Kelly. However, as Sunday morning came and Linda checked her phone, her heart sank when she saw that she hadn't had a reply from Kelly. Linda called Kelly's phone, but it rang out to voicemail. She left a message and asked Kelly to call her back when she got a moment. But by early afternoon, and with no word, Linda couldn't get the bad feeling out of her mind. She called Kelly's sister, Emma, who told her that she'd also received no reply from Kelly. And when she tried to call Robert, 
got no response. Emma logged onto Facebook and noticed that Kelly hadn't been on for the whole of Saturday. Kelly was an avid Facebook user. Her last post was from the afternoon of the 27th of March. She'd uploaded various photos of the family's countryside walk. Emma began to feel sick when she realised that Kelly hadn't made contact with anyone or even logged onto her Facebook since Friday afternoon. Emma was currently living in Birmingham with her family, so couldn't physically make the journey to the house. She called Linda straight back and asked if she could send their family friend Ronald round to go and check on the family. Linda immediately got in contact with Ronald, who made his way to the family home. As he pulled up to the house, he realised that some of the curtains were closed and there didn't look to be any activity in the house. He knocked on the door and waited, but there was no answer. He called Linda, who at this point was frantic with worry. There was no way the family would just take off without informing anyone, and they were in the middle of a nationwide lockdown. What if the family had all fallen ill and needed assistance? Ronald called the police and asked for their help, but in the meantime, decided that he would climb through an open window and make his way into the house. He managed to squeeze his way through the window and onto the downstairs floor of the property. As he made his way through the house, he could hear the hum of the fridge and the patter of his footsteps echo through the large downstairs hallway. But there was no familiar sound of the children playing or the barks of the dog. After a moment of hesitation, he walked up the stairs and slowly opened the door to one of the bedrooms. What he found was chilling. The family dog, Billy, had been shot and lay alongside the lifeless body of Kelly, who had a gunshot wound to her head and neck. Nearby, the body of Robert was found with gunshot wounds also to the head and neck. And tragically, not far from the parents, Ava and Lexi were found with fatal gunshot wounds to their chest and head. The police arrived soon after and announced that all four family members and the dog had been killed by the use of a shotgun. It wasn't immediately clear who had killed the family and the police initially labelled the investigation as a murder inquest. However, it was soon revealed that Robert had taken the shotgun and killed his wife, two children and dog before turning the gun on himself. The close-knit community was in complete shock at the sudden and brutal murders. A neighbour called Douglas, who had known Maureen, Rex and Robert for over 40 years, said that he wasn't ever aware of any kind of problems and that there was never any evidence of discord. The shocking and completely baffling aspect of this horrific murder is that it truly appears that no one saw it coming. 
There was no evidence or even accusation that we know of to do with any kind of domestic violence or previously aggressive behaviour. And it's unclear as to whether Robert even owned the gun he used to commit the murders. Police are unsure if he held a valid firearm certificate or if the gun had been obtained illegally. The countryside surroundings of the village made it a popular shooting spot for clay pigeon and pheasant shooters, so access to a gun may have been easier for Robert than most people living in England. That being said, none of Robert's family or friends knew of him ever going shooting. Also, in the UK, in order to obtain a firearm licence, the process is slightly more complex than other countries like the US. For example, you must have a good reference from someone who isn't a relative and has known you for more than two years, as well as having no previous violent convictions. Immediately following the death of her son, daughter-in-law and two grandchildren, Robert's mother Maureen, who was still staying with relatives, posted a comment on a photograph on Facebook saying, quote, it was Robert, Kelly, and my lovely grandchildren that all died upstairs. Unquote. While scrolling through Kelly's Facebook timeline and photos, what struck me the most was just how loved she was. Her photos are mostly memories of Ava and Lexi, and the comments on each photo are an array of warmth and adoration for the girls. There are comments on how quickly they're growing, how happy they look, and hauntingly, the odd photo of Robert holding them both, appearing seemingly caring and just like any other loving individual you might picture when you think of a father with his two young daughters. It's difficult for me to comment on Robert because we don't know his motivations, if he had any underlying mental illnesses, or if there was abuse in the home. Any comment on his mental state or domestic situation would be irresponsible and guesswork. That being said, I'm hoping that more information will come to light over the next few months, so I do plan on doing some kind of update if and when that happens. However, one thing's for sure. The deaths of this loving mother and her two children was tragic and not necessary, and they were committed by someone who they trusted and loved. I think when more information becomes available, we should ask why, if we can. And most importantly, how do we move forward with openness and action so that these kinds of tragic events are not just the focus of podcasts and documentaries, but serve as a shift in understanding, and hopefully in some cases, prevention. Ultimately, we don't know the reasons here, but we do know something slightly more solid that refers to the current worldly situation, and that's that the evidence presented in the midst of coronavirus shows a worrying increase in domestic violence and mental health issues since lockdown measures were brought into effect. There has been a huge increase in the number of people struggling with their mental health, with a rise in both depression and anxiety. 
The Royal College of Psychiatrists found that people who have never before exhibited mental health issues are developing serious issues relating to their mental health because of a number of reasons related directly to lockdown. These include tension in the family home as a result of being around each other all of the time, relationship breakdown, job insecurity, lack of routine and bereavement. We know that some of these issues will have affected Robert who lost his father just two and a half years ago. Alongside the mental health issues coming out of lockdown, the information with regards to domestic abuse increase is shocking. In comparison to just before lockdown, visits to the National Domestic Abuse Helpline website have trebled and the helpline itself has received a 49% increase in phone calls. Chillingly, in comparison to this time last year, domestic abuse killings in the UK have trebled. The lockdown has been an essential part of keeping people safe from catching and spreading the disease, but, unfortunately, staying locked down at home means that for a worrying number of people, they are staying locked down with an abuser, and because of a number of reasons, one being the lack of funding and emergency funding available to vulnerable people in these situations. Some victims are having to stay put in an unsafe environment with no choice of leaving. Kelly's twin, Emma, set up a crowdfunding page to raise £800 for a bench in memory of Kelly, Ava and Lexi. I'll put a link to this in the show notes in case you'd like to donate. As of June 2020, the page has raised over £7,000 and Emma has said that any remaining money will be split between the celebration of Life Memorial Service and Blood Cancer UK, which is a leukaemia research charity that Kelly and Emma have previously supported in memory of their mother. Emma also said... Quote, I'm still struggling with any words, except to say Kel was so special and the hole she has left will never, ever be filled. I know this is the same for many, many people. Unquote. That sentiment is reflected throughout the comments attached to the donations on the page. They are heartbreaking and full of memories and warmth for three people who were obviously very much loved and cared for. A huge amount of the comments mention Kelly's infectious laugh, and a number of them talk about Kelly being able to rest peacefully with her angel daughters and her lovely mum. Emma and Kelly's cousin Glenn commented, quote, To my beautiful cousin Emma, I am so shocked and saddened by this horrendous act. Kelly, like you, always had such a lovely nature a big smile, and like your mum, that infectious laugh. Red Rum is written and presented by Grace Cordell. It's produced by Russ Clark and Grace Cordell. Sound design by Russ Clark with additional music by Benjamin James.